0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Lay Do You Remember This? It's me, you know me, it's Darlene. And I'm here today with a return guest, friend of the show, um, to talk about just an awesome episode. I, I'm really so happy that we get to discuss this today. I was just on her podcast, Mother May, I Sleep with Pop podcast. I mean, we love it. What a great name. Um, Molly McClear. how are you? Hey, girl. How are you?
1: <sighs> I, I told you I missed you. We had so much fun recording that episode. And I really like at the end of it, I realized that I just like wanted to keep talking to you. So like <laughs> we had to cut it off because like I would have talked to you for another two hours. And you know, I, I mean,
0: honestly, I missed you, too. I So if anyone hasn't listened to this episode that we did together, it is four and a half hours long.
1: It's so, it's like probably, yeah, it's probably in the top three longest. And that's the fun of the show. It's like, if you want to just like clean your whole fucking garage and -hmm. listen to a show on a Sunday where like. You can leave the garage and go get more cleaning supplies and yeah. come back and it's still going and we're probably still on the same subject. Like that, you know, that's the podcast for you. But it was really fun. And I, you know, we, we have the Papaginos connection, the Cranberry yes. Bogs. The Cranberry Bogs. I mean, literally you could have been cleaning your garage.
0: Once we start talking about Papaginos, you could take a drive for a solid 10 minutes and return and we're still talking about papaginos like and you've not really missed too much
1: no let's just say like as two new england gals you could cross three states listening <laughs> to that podcast easily yeah you're, that's the you're, joy they'll never know out here is they're like there's so much in one state and i'm like but what if you get to go to six states in one day it really it, – it, what if
0: you could be driving and accidentally end up in two different right. states?
1: <laughs> the I tolls mean the,
0: alone. Oh, the tolls, honey. I, well, when I finally came back to New Hampshire to visit my parents after COVID, the big thing that they had to show me was that the uh, the toll just outside of the exit to our town, gone. Eliminated. Oh, it's a game changer. Because COVID? I think it was just because um, there had been several car accidents where people had just, you know, been drinking and just rammed themselves into this toll.
1: Got it. Got it. Yeah. I mean, listen, when I was a kid, I thought that you would get arrested. I would like be so panicked, like looking for nickels in the car like just like knowing a toll was coming up like I don't it, like this is like when I was a child taking on my mom was like we have money for the toll but I was like no this the toll's a big deal we don't have that out here in fact no. I feel like insulted when you drive out of state and they ask me to pay a toll oh yeah it
0: it's and it always comes on so quickly and you're like whoa I I didn't realize that this is still a thing and then that sort of residual trauma of being a child and being like I don't have any quarters that sets in again and like what are we mm-hmm. supposed to do what do we do do we just drive through I don't know am I gonna get a $300 ticket
1: oh I mean- <laughs> yeah for sure for sure it seems very severe right like in Massachusetts driving or you know I guess New Hampshire too blowing through a toll unheard of
0: unheard of i remember when i was in high school um i was dating this guy in another town so he was always complaining about how much money he was spending in tolls so for christmas one year i um, i i got him just like a bunch of tokens (laughs) that's how that's that's how important tolls are no in, in it New really England is life.
1: it's like I am that person too that like paying my tolls would mean more to me than almost anything you could do mm-hmm. like just take that worry off of my mind um to- tolls yo, are your love language <laughs> um can I tell you how excited I am that this is the episode we're doing
0: okay I want to formally thank you that oh, you sorry. suggested this because I when I when I texted you about this, I had another episode in mind. And you suggested this one as a counter. And I'll be honest, I've watched it four times. Last night I was watching it and yes, there was an edible involved, but I ended the episode like tears in my eyes.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, you have to do the edible watch I find as a recapper, Um, the edible watch is always a really important first pass. Um, and then you, you know, once you can move away from the emotion a little bit, Mm -hmm. um, but no, I, I picked this episode. Well, you suggested the Marie Antoinette episode, um, Holly's birthday, but truthfully, like, you know, I like Holly. I really do. Um, I follow her on TikTok. I've read her book a few times, actually. Like it's a Mm -hmm. really great, Like, I read it on the page, and then I'll I'll pop that on. If I'm driving out to Palm Springs, I'll pop on down the rabbit hole. Oh, yeah.
0: I mean, and I love her audiobook voice. Like, she really goes for it, and I appreciate that. Fully.
1: And she is a Disney adult that I, um, I accept. Yes.
0: She's one of the few that I'm okay with.
1: Yeah, you can be a Disney adult, but only with my permission, mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. in my
1: mind. So she's she's got that pass. But, um, you know, I was drawn to that initially. But then I what I remember, this episode is so core for me because I was so, um, like, alarmed and turned off by Kendra, maybe when this show came out in college. And I was first watching it because I was like, why would they have her around? <laughs> because she's such a different beat than the rest of I mean she seems exhausting honestly she's so um she has so much energy uh and so when I when I was watching this you know and then I watched it a few years ago I remember thinking this episode Kendra was clearly on drugs but then I rewatched it today and I was like no that's my Kendra that I love She's just, you know, she's the life. She's the pulse of the house. And this girl cried about a Duncan Hines cake in the backyard. <laughs> yeah, this to me I okay, so to set up the episode, this
0: episode is first season, third episode, Kendra's birthday. Happy birthday, Kendra. Um and in it they go to the Playboy Jazz Festival at the Hollywood Bowl and then the second half is Kendra's birthday party um but what I found so interesting about this episode is that I really think that it is such a perfect picture of Kendra and who she is but also just the dynamics in the house Um, like how everyone feels about each other completely Um, but I want to back up a bit so like Tell us, I ask everyone this: What was your awareness of the show um, when it was first on the air?
1: So I found out about it pretty much right away, um, and because I was a watcher of the E Network, and I lived in an off-campus apartment all four years of college, and like, while well, I definitely like went out and had probably more fun than even I should. I definitely was someone who would be, like, locked in my room whenever I could watching reality TV.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: this was, like, Project Runway hadn't even started, I don't think. Like, this was that era. Yeah. And um, it wasn't, you know, it it came out and this show actually really started me on like an interesting tra- trajectory of feeling like an ally to sex workers. And truthfully, <laughs> like then I watched um, the movie about Larry Flint, his story. And I'm uh, not yeah. kidding you when I say that the first place I applied to work in Los Angeles was I pulled up to Hustler. And I went up to the Hustler offices and I handed my resume and I said, hi, I want to be an assistant here. I would do anything to work for Larry Flint. Give me a call if you need a receptionist or anything. Um, And I never heard, but like, I never heard back. But then um, like years later, I wound up like meeting a friend who was a Playboy bunny. And I was like fortunate enough to go to the Playboy mansion on a Sunday. So there's a like a lot of the the rooms and stuff make a lot of sense to me and also the nature of that party is very like i think think i have a good capture on with the sunday fun, the fun days sort the parties yeah work. the
0: fun in the sun wow so you you went to really truly like an iconic party that i feel like very few can say that they have attended like i know i i know several people throughout la who you know hot girls who had uh, gone to a midsummer in their day but i have never found a fun in the sun girl and i'm really impressed
1: here's the reality is that i was a friend of a playmate i don't think i would have ever been invited to a party like that like it is true they do come out and they take a polaroid of you And, like, you know, I don't think I was, like, ever even in consideration to be on the list. Like, I've always been, like, a very, like, natural girl. Like, not a lot of makeup. Like, I certainly wasn't going to roll up to the Playboy Mansion looking like I was trying to be anything but myself. Because what is more embarrassing than going to the Playboy Mansion and trying to be hot and failing? (laughs) Like, if I was worried about my makeup all day, I stole a a bathrobe from the pool house. Like, Ooh. I, yeah, like, um, it was very, it was very cool. Um, I don't know if my friend knows that, but th- like, thank <laughs> you. And also, rest in peace, half. Like, I was actually, I know he's a very, um, he's done so many bad things, but like, one thing I will say, I also wrote for Playboy.com for a while, but like, one thing I will say about Playboy is that they pay well and they paid on time. And oh. he is like, he's been an ally to a lot of like single mothers I know and like for that like I will have some appreciation for him but obviously you know I honestly think also the reason why I didn't personally meet him even though he was out there was probably because he probably would have like been like why is she here like I was adorable but like (laughs) I wasn't it wasn't like my friend was bringing me over to like enroll me well, but I also think, though, from what
0: I understand um, of just the different things that I've – Do you hear that?
1: Is it you like you a squeaking? Like... Is it a chirping? Yeah, it's a
0: bird. Okay. I was just I live in sure nature. I love – a Glendale, I love you. It's totally I'm fine. I'm so <laughs> sorry. I'm no, so no, no, sorry. I was just making sure it wasn't me. The research that I've done when I've gotten to the – the fun in the sun is half doesn't seem to like really interact with many people at that party. Like he's there playing back and with his friends and the, the women around are meant to just kind of like fill in the atmosphere and he's not really interacting with them. So I don't think that that was on you.
1: No. Oh no, 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 no. I mean, well, also like half was much older When I went, like, Girls Next Door was already, like, kind of vintage uh, when I went. So, like, the hef, he was with Crystal, and, like, he was um, experiencing, like, hearing loss. So, like, it was very difficult to, like, even get up to him in the first place. But, I mean, I guess what I'm saying by that is that, like, I very much knew from the moment I got there I'm like this is like kind of like a once in a lifetime thing you're like a true friend of a friend right now wow so did you was crystal there yeah she sits next she was sitting next to
0: him how did she look did she look like bored or just you know like Um, lady of the manor
1: no I have poor vision so like I'll (sighs) be honest like I wasn't really like I was, it's, it's very difficult to take in everything that's going on, but no, I mean, it seemed like she was a caring partner and she would sit on his right side. Right. Cause because his, his left, left ear was bad. bad yeah. Ear, yeah. Wow. So, and it was just like, you know, I mean, listen, the guy, like his family was like there that day. Like he's a very, like I, he was very, um, regimented much like you would assume any old man would be like he has, he was very accustomed to a certain thing and um very you know I mean he's yeah. very scheduled very orderly um that's one thing that's that's what the thing with Kendra though that always surprised me when I watched the show because she seems so I would say like out of pocket, but she she just was like on a completely different level than the other two girls on that bus. I
0: feel like the this is a special episode to watch to like really get an idea of who everyone is and what the dynamics of the house were because it's one of the I feel like the few episodes where we see hef interacting with all three girls for the majority of the episode and just like. Seeing how her energy, uh, it seemed like at times Hef was like pretty annoyed.
1: Which I mean, I it's was overwhelming. She was acting much more like a grandchild than even a daughter in that situation. Almost where like she's listening to hip hop music. She's, you know, probably dancing in ways he hasn't seen. She's like making references. And this is for a, you know. A 75 year old man that's like a grandkid so at this point she's 19 turning 20
0: i guess and she seems like way younger than that i mean like you said it feels like we're dealing with a granddaughter it like when she gets with her friend destiny it really feels like we're watching two middle school girls like get wasted <laughs>
1: Like, it felt like they were doing an impression of Avril Lavigne that, like, didn't understand Avril Lavigne's essence. Where it was like, no, like, I think you guys are just, like, wasted on a party bus at 1pm because, like, your life is so strictly controlled. And, like, why, why wouldn't you take this ride if it was offered to you, especially Kendra? Which is why Kendra's always had such a soft spot in my heart is, like... The mansion was her way out of the system, kind of. Absolutely. And the thing is, too, is have you ever read her memoir? Yeah, I I think, well, yes, but it was years ago and I haven't revisited.
0: Well, I mean, I don't think it's necessarily worth the revisit because it's so, it just doesn't have the sight into the past and like the awareness that Holly's memoir does, obviously, because Holly was a lot older when she wrote it
1: or helped write it. And I mean, who knows how much of that Kendra wrote. She she has like a a different richness in her life experience as well. I would say like Kendra has a really interesting, it's like when Amber Portwood writes a book, like you're going to read it, but you also know it's a person who's commenting on something that just happened to them. Yeah. And, and that's very much what
0: it's, it was like, um, and you read through some of like the horrible horrible things that have happened to her in her life and the commentary is very that was weird huh like so she doesn't have that awareness in the memoir but you can see that like how how screwed up her life was how all over the place she was and going to the mansion she was like one of the rare people where the mansion was probably helpful
1: here's a case for like premature memoirs right because what Mm -hmm. you just said was really interesting about how she told the story but like she hadn't processed it
0: it all feels very pre -pre pre-therapy
1: yeah right like she's like so that's wild and like you know this is why i kind of like it it's because she's gonna come back and write a book being like, wow, here's a passage from my first book. You know, ideally. Yeah. I mean, that's ideally what would happen. But uh, Jody Sweeten got her book deal for being sober and literally broke sobriety three times during the writing process. No. And so it was a really interesting book because of that. Because, like, she p- sort of preemptively took on this book deal and had to admit when she was writing the book, like... This is where I fucked up again. Yeah, it's really, it's really interesting. But that's you know the nature of sort of like that type of life. I'd say Jody Sweeten has like a much more sort of rich tapestry of stories than Kendra does. Um, But well, yeah.
0: Did did Jody like go through the program, a program rehab? Like, what was her getting sober? Oh, okay. for
1: real. Like, you don't okay. even know. My sis, my good sis, and my <laughs> actual literal biological sister, Jody Sweeten, she's been through – she went through it. Yeah, she went through, like, a million rehabs. I don't know if she, like, actively works the program, but, like, that is the – that is the thing that's out there. Because an interesting thing that you said
0: earlier was that when you had first watched the show, you – or this episode you thought that Kendra seemed
1: wasted. and Oh, that was, like, my second, like, as my first time, I just was like, wow, she's out of control. Because I was, like, a fucking 20-year-old loser. Like, I didn't know anything. (laughs) And then, like, I watched it, like, five years ago. I was like, oh, she's on Molly this whole episode. Well, so, and then the interesting thing is, is, like, I never
0: had really, when I had watched it the first time, ever picked up on anything like that. And then... Watching it in preparation for the podcast, um, just like every single episode, I saw how often there were moments where it was like, I mean, she seems like she's on Xanax or like she's, you know, she's as slow as molasses in this talking head right now. Um, But in her memoir, the way she describes getting sober from meth and coke and stuff is it was basically like, and then I woke up one day and said, well, I'm not doing that anymore.
1: And that was that.
0: And right,
1: so- I don't think her sobriety was ever like true. Yeah. Like, I don't think she ever worked a program. I think that she just like had enough. Um, but the only thing with the drugs that I always scratch my, you know, head when I think about it is like, dude, Hef was so controlling. And also would supply them with drugs to fit his needs. I almost felt, did you notice when Kendra and Desiree came out of the back of the bus when they arrived at the Hollywood Bowl, they were like, woo, we had fun back there. And like the bigger security guard guy like looked up at the other security guy and like sort of laughed and hit him on the shoulder. Oh my God. Oh Did my god. Did you notice it? It was a little micro drug moment because that's what I look for when I'm like, I feel like they're on drugs. And I'm like, just look for like drug behavior. I'm like, look for that's how I figured out. <laughs> that's how I figured out. That's how I started speculating that like uh Corey Gamble and and Kylie are, are Coke buddies. So what was what was that coke behavior that you that you The picked Palm up Springs on? episode? Oh Like why the fuck is core why the fuck are Corey and and Kylie, like, chasing each other into bathrooms. Like, why is Corey, like, interjecting himself into a conversation with Kendall and Kylie in the bathroom? Like, it just feels weird. Even if he is, like, really close family, that's not men's business. Like, you don't, like, go into the bathroom where two girls are having a conversation.
0: No. You – never unless there's coke. Wow. Yeah. I mean, this is truly, like – this is your mind. I am just – blown away by it, and now i have to rewatch all of girls next door with the glasses of drug behavior like where where am i seeing drug behavior
1: it's just like you know it when you see it yeah you know what i mean it it's like porn but when you i watched it today it. yeah exactly but like today with uh when i watched it i watched it twice just to make sure that i wasn't like I don't know, I guess maybe overlooking something yeah. that, like, I had really stuck on before. And I think maybe what sealed the deal for me last time was when Kendra was like, I need a jaw massage from smiling at the pool all day. <gasps> oh
0: my God, yes.
1: Because I was like, oh no, bitch, because you and Desiree were fucking rolling until 3 a.m. But, like, also, I don't think Hef would, like, allow that.
0: He wouldn't allow it, but, you know, there's nothing stopping them from you know and they're okay wow this is filling in so much for me right now and it's kind of like just a new level unlocked because now there are so many parts of the episode that make so much sense where there's all these moments where hef is like what's going on like what are they smoking i wish i had a dollar I'm trying to make a dollar out of 15 cents <laughs> cut them all all the background. <laughs> No more
1: champagne back there.
0: <laughs> Look at the dog! What are they smoking back there? <laughs> what up, y'all? Don't be scared. <laughs> Show me to the Somebody's whooping it up back there.
1: I didn't really know what was going on back there. I just heard a bunch of screaming.
0: The party's in the back of the bus. Yeah. And, like, making these little asides, and I did write at one point, he seems genuinely confused.
1: Can I be real with you? Yeah. I think that he, if I'm going to be, like, this is kind of cray-cray. I do think, like, the security guard was sent back there to give them a bump because they were drinking so heavily. Mm -hmm. And so he's, like, make sure that they have the stamina to sit through this thing and not, like, pass out at Playboy Jazz Fest.
0: Because he was, Hef was very concerned about it and... Yeah, I'm sure Brian was like, "These girls aren't going to make it. Go, go back there, go do it, and then don't tell Hef, because they need to last."
1: Laugh. <laughs> you better paint yourself. Yeah. We gotta. We know.
0: <laughs> rest of an afternoon and an evening.
1: And tomorrow with our barbecue.
0: And here we are. We had some fun back in the It bus. sounds like it. We did. You'll be, <laughs> you'll be fading by the middle of the night. Right. Wow. Right.
1: Maybe something like that. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, this is like, obviously, but this show plays so much with editing um, yeah. to the point where now you watch it and you're like, this would never fly. Same with newlyweds. Like, you just watch it and you're like, this is the most obnoxious like, clearly them replaying the same clip of Kendra laughing whenever her head is turned enough to pull it off. Yep. Um, they would make everyone sound like they had some, like, sort of dementia where they couldn't <laughs> remember what they said five seconds prior. Um but they definitely uh, yeah i feel like so for for that reason i feel like it's extra fair to try and read between the lines let's let's go through it moment by moment now because this was a full blown molly episode wait we, like me molly or like drugs molly drugs molly but oh, you know, okay, i don't okay good <laughs> no i, I didn't dr- know <laughs> i you know what
0: I, I didn't even think of that. That could be confusing. But it's it's Drugs Molly.
1: It's a Molly episode, but also you You can episode. just call it Namesake if you want, if, if that's going to make things less confusing. But I doubt you're going to refer to me by my name. So just, it's fine.
0: Well, you know what? I could actually go back to what they would have called it at this time period, which is ecstasy.
1: Girl, they'd call it E. 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 Do you guys have some E? Dude. Do you have any E? No, yeah. No, it would be E. Because I remember the first time I heard MDMA, I thought MDMA was like heroin. And then I realized, no, E is heroin. MDMA is yeah. at least pure Molly. Molly. Like, who knows what they were putting in those? Oh, yeah. Oh, that anything could be in there, which is
0: why you would have to go on that little website and um check what your little pill had imprinted on it and go like oh is this chock full of heroin let's let's check it out on
1: on this website what was, do you remember that website no because i don't think it was like real real like yeah. i th- i felt like that was like a like a meme or it was like here's like the ones that had like ck yes. like no one had shit like that <laughs> like when i was doing e in my, like, you know, the few times I did it, probably like a probably a handful, maybe like five times or whatever in my very like limited window of doing that because then I became very afraid of it. Um, there was never anything pressed into it. The only thing that was probably pressed into it was like drugs that if you told me I did them, I'd cry.
0: <laughs> oh man, yeah, maybe, I feel like maybe the the pressed... E is is a little more um, Late 90s
1: It feels very euphoria Like uh, yes. can I exchange An egg like I'm getting very Like that vibes Because that's when they would be like it's designer drugs Like that's how you know it has a Smiley on it and it's like no by the Time I was buying uh, An E for $20 <laughs> <laughs> It was not that refined It looked like a, a CVS Vitamin <laughs> and it's hard to look that up
0: on a on a allegedly real website for sure uh well let's jump into the episode so this episode like i said is a pretty iconic episode because it starts off with i would say kendra's biggest quote i love the staff they're not just help you know they're also people too you know um and it's just like a lot of her interacting with the butlers and stuff which of course big against the rules according according to half but but she was always always down there fraternizing
1: can i say though like this was like the only action she had like in life like unless she wanted to talk to bridget and holly or mary like yeah the the staff are like her friends oh Definitely. I mean, and I think they're the only ones that she has anything in common with. Completely. Completely. Because she's working class background herself. And like you can tell that like she is like if you worked at like a restaurant and like there was like a 19-year-old employee. Yeah. Yeah. You'd be like, oh God, this little like this girl drives me nuts. But like she's so, you know, there's something about her. Like they can, you know,
0: it's. It's like she always shows up late, but when she's there, like, everybody enjoys her, and there's something about her, and the the customers love her.
1: Yeah, maybe, like, doesn't pick up on social cues during side work, like, at the end yeah. of the night when you're just, like, trying to, like, count your tips, like, fill your shakers and get the hell out of there. Like, maybe she's trying to invite you to a bar and can't read the expression. But that's, that's the thing I envy about Kendra is this starts with her like powerlifting, like a, a, just, you know, I mean, Kendra for the Olympics. Kendra for the Olympics. Yeah. It, it really does
0: just like show everything about her. She's powerlifting in the beginning and then she's, she's rapping. And yeah, I think her, her rapping sees Senor Mia more to everyone and Ugh. repeating it over and over again is really just a glimpse of what it would be like if she was working at a TGI Fridays at 19.
1: Yeah, it's like, it honestly gave me like such secondhand embarrassment. Because yeah. I'm like, oh, this is like so painful for them to listen to. And, but the editing is what's brutal is because they make it seem like she said it 15 times. Yeah. And maybe she did, but my favorite part can I spoil, is at the end when she Please. drops the line when she says, I'm a Mexican rapper. <laughs> and the cook <gasps> looks back at her and he's like, yeah, you look like one. And she laughs, laughs and she goes, wait, really? And I'm like, I've, I love her. Like, I do. I love her. She She's really, I think, a pure a
0: pure soul in a lot of ways. I think she's a hustler and I think – I think she, she's trying to make her way in the world because she's had to. But she is just like, just a genuine. Oh
1: wait, I do. No, Kendra, you don't. But God bless. God bless you. Well, the thing about Kendra that I think is so special is that there's like millions and millions of girls just like her. Yes, and in her exact situation. But and she could be that pretty. But if she didn't have that personality, it wouldn't matter that she was that pretty. And if she just had that personality, like probably she would have like good temp jobs. But like she's not particularly like educated. She spent obviously, you know, I think that that's like a lot of her youthfulness is that she's very unserious, which is a quality like I admire in people now. But at that time, if she was my peer, I would have (laughs) thought... I don't think I would have thought anything nice about her. Like, I'll say it that way. Well, and I think it's the reason why there's so much
0: visible animosity between her and Holly and Bridget because I feel like the two of them they're still close enough in age with her where I think they look at her and it's like, you're representing us. And you, we are these like intelligent, serious young ladies who can talk to Hef's older friends and they all tell us what an old soul we have. And you are an annoying bimbo who doesn't get social cues and talks too loud and laughs too loud, and you're making us look bad.
1: Right. And meanwhile, Kendra's presence is necessary. Yes. To balance out how quickly the other two want to fall in line. She makes up for the other five girlfriends that he ditched to just have the three of them. (laughs) Like, she's the life and energy of five different girlfriends, you know? That is Molly, and I mean your name
0: and not the drug. That is very astute. It I've never thought of that before, but you're so right. I mean, can you imagine? Now I've like looked into these other other girlfriends that were there before Kendra, and they just do not seem to have any. Like you talk about bimbos, but they're just like they're just personalityless. They they don't right. really seem to have much going on. I can't imagine having girls that have, like, this similar vibe to Kendra on top of Kendra?
1: Well, also, I mean, if I'm Holly, I look at Kendra and I say this is the lesser of two evils. Yes. Would I rather have one obstacle, a.k.a. an annoying person, or have five other people that are varying shades of the same me? Like, so for Holly, like... Kendra is, like, a worthy prison sentence. Do you know what I mean? Uh, Yes. Because her puffin, dude. I mean, poor Holly. Like, I look at her now. She's so elegant and, like, just so sweet. And I'm so happy that she was able to, like, keep the fun, sexy parts of her alive. um, While still, like, being able to mature. And I think she always was very mature. But when I see Holly now, I really feel for younger me that just like deluded myself about the importance of relationships Mm. and that the best she saw for herself at that point in her life was being mrs hugh hefner
0: i think you see with holly so often is just this woman who is like i am a i'm above this i'm i'm going to the next station in life like this is i'll be mrs hugh hefner I'll be the astronaut's wife. I think especially when they're in the party bus, you see how hard Holly is white knuckling it to maintain her like, I'm the good wife by his side and how Kendra is just in the back, just like a child annoying her.
1: She's doing everything that Holly can. I always think Holly is like very dove-like. You know, oh, like yeah. she's just very like peaceful, which has to be a very frustrating role to play, especially when there are so many egos involved. Yeah. Wow. She does have a real
0: even just like in her looks, especially in this episode. OK, so one thing we see right off the bat is in her one of her talking heads is she has this hairstyle that we never really see past I don't think we ever see it again past the first few episodes of the first season, where she has these barrel bangs and a tight little ponytail.
1: Did you did you clock that at all? Oh, like the little, um, almost like a nineteen fifties. Yes, sort of. Yes, I'm sure she tried that out. Yeah, I would. I thought she looks she looked
0: adorable, but. Um, yeah, we never really see that again. It's very sock hop. I feel like it's reminiscent of when she tried to be Marilyn Monroe for half, and that didn't that didn't go well like this is her next try at like a fifties look that he might enjoy.
1: I mean, well, like how naive to how- think that you could like recreate Marilyn Monroe like pick a different lane like I kinda <laughs> like this look for her. My thing is, I always love in a confessional or a talking head. I love it when people choose a bold look and we Mm -hmm. have to stick with it for a while because Mm -hmm. it just, one, it really grounds the series for me, like where something's coming from. But two, why not, like in all the other moments you have your personality stolen from you on reality TV, why not show up and show your personality in your talking head? Absolutely. And
0: it really is kind of the, you know, the beginning of a a shocking look like, in The Real Housewives, we were like, oh, wow, okay, Dorit, is that is that what we're wearing? Sure. This is like, oh, bangs? Holly, when did you get bangs? And we never even really see her with them
1: in anything else. But I think I it was it. probably like a wang, like a fake bang. <gasps> oh, yeah. Because she's playing with hair pieces in this episode as well. Like, she shows up to Kendra's luau looking like um, Kesha. <laughs> The pink, the pink extensions,
0: it really brings me back to like in October in the early 2000s, it's breast cancer awareness month. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm, I'm rocking five pink strands for $10 each donated, donated to charity.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. It's, it felt very much like, well, there was a thing where like, we didn't know this was a point where like tv stars who like jennifer aniston had beaded extensions and like no one talked about it but that was the thing and then like um we knew about like britney spears having extensions but like your average girl who wanted to get extensions was out there looking like holly like just oh, like yeah. six like you know six to 12 inches of unblended like yep. the way to pass the only way to blend was to just fuck up the entire piece of your natural hair so that yep. like it was so messy people would have to interpret it <laughs> a certain <Yeah>. way. <laughs> like there was no there this was not like at this time, a little casual clip in, this was not a, a done thing. I I feel like those extensions were
0: um the which I feel like was big at at the time, that like bonded, they just put like a little bead and then they heat clipped it and you just have it for a month and a half. And then all of a sudden you're out somewhere and there's just like a pink lock of hair in your food.
1: I know. I know. Well, I had uh, like bonded extensions like for... My web series that was all I wanted was like extensions. That was like my first episode it was like I have a web series, so I want extensions um and so i I went and I got like they last for like six months, but there's the kind that don't last that long. you're right, and those are the ones you see in bushes on the sidewalk. It's very sad when you see it, honestly. There's nothing that bums me out more. Yeah, and it it's such a... You
0: just, like, see it and no matter where it is on the street, in a bush, uh, on a curb, it, it just... It, it's like a spotlight is on it. It's just like, whoa.
1: But wait a minute. No, this is a moment of hypocrisy because I will say that when mine eventually did start to fall out before I, like, went and had them all taken out, I thought it was hilarious. I would, like, throw them at my friends. Like, I I have in bags other friends of mine's pieces of their old extensions. Okay. I was not expecting that. I was not expecting that. Now that, that I, I think it. of it, I'm sorry. You know what? I'm a fucking liar. I think it's funny. I don't think it's sad. I think it's funny.
0: I mean, it does feel very adjacent to, like, having – acrylic like a press-on acrylic nail and it just like popping off somewhere and you're just like well I either gotta like make this a part of the a part of the show or pretend it never happened and yeah I think you really gotta wave it in someone's face I'm all it about around. embracing it like I, I
1: completely I hate I and I hate um as much as I always do apologize when my nails look like a wreck um I don't want you I I don't want to see you be self-conscious with your hands, baby. Yeah. Uh, You know, I'm like, girl, stop worrying about it. Like it happens. We're all out gardening,
0: you know. Sometimes an acrylic pops off and you just gotta go with it. Kendra wouldn't care. Oh my god. Kendra is the type of person who she is walking around with like three acrylics on. On each hand, no, like I know. At all time she'd be
1: like, I put it in half salad, <laughs> <laughs> like her laugh is on another. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> Do it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's um, it's one of Trisha Paytas's laughs, too. If you notice, like whenever Ooh. Trisha's starting to go into the dark zone, um, <laughs> she starts to it's like the Kendra laugh comes out, Holly purports
0: in her memoir that the the Kendra laugh is fake. I believe that. I think,
1: I I, I believe it too. I think that could absolutely be like a defense mechanism.
0: Yeah, not knowing what to say, feeling uncomfortable. Ha ha, ha, ha. It, It's just too forced of a laugh to be real.
1: But it's also like so exaggerated that it's almost like something someone would take on to be charming. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes.
1: Especially someone childlike. Because they're like... If I just have a silly laugh, but I'm like this pretty girl, and like I'm letting them know I'm I'm signaling that I'm goofy, like I I think she's smart in that way. I think that like that's also like a childhood trauma sort of thing too that she's like adaptable like that. But
0: wow, yeah, that's true. Uh, well, okay, so back into the episode, they're going over to the Hollywood Bowl. They get on the bus and we see all of the staff putting together this bus heff always says the mansion is the best place to be so he doesn't like to travel but when we do his staff has a lot of work cut out for them
1: This is what it takes to prepare for Mr. Hefter to be able to leave the house. We have a complete staff here that's already in their boxes waiting for them. We have to bring wine glasses, champagne glasses, rocks glasses, 24 bottles of Cristal, 24 bottles of Chardonnay. Every department's working on their little things. We're trying to get our bites in right now before they all get here because it's going to get really crazy.
0: What are the, what are your thoughts on Brian, The the sort of like staff house manager who who puts together all this stuff. Like when he's going around like, oh, Mr. Hefner needs all of these things. We've got 24 bottles of Cristal, 24 bottles of Chardonnay. We have to bring the champagne glasses. And to me, I feel like he's maybe making
1: like a, a bigger to-do out of out of it than it really is. No, that's exactly what it is, is that they're trying... This was like a time... When like opulence wasn't frowned upon, Mm
0: -hmm. like, in
1: fact, it was like really encouraged. And so I know this is I think that that what he said is close to it. But I think Brian is very good at his job and a big part of being a house manager or anything like that at the Playboy Mansion is being able to entertain. And so he's good on camera. He like does he's he was probably a very big like sort of like minor character selling point along with like Mary.
0: Now Brian's setting everything up and then they get on the bus and we meet Destiny who is Destiny Davis, Miss January 2005. Destiny is my really, really, really close friend. She's from Las Vegas, and she's a playmate, Miss January. And we just became really good friends. Kendra and Destiny are partners in crime. They're both a little bit wild. And the two of them are getting shit-faced on something in the back. And I do feel like this is a really interesting scene of the juxtaposition of Holly and Kendra where they cut to Holly and she's like I heard a weird statistic that more people are killed by coconuts falling on their heads than by sharks in the ocean. I'm
1: like oh Holly like I know that sweet girl was googling Hawaii facts. <laughs> oh my god, you're so right. In preparation for the party, she was googling Hawaii facts. Yep. Yeah. Mhm. Our uh, God bless her, right? Sweet girl. um, Yeah. She wanted to make that party great. She's with her elderly boyfriend. Like, they're holding hands. Like, not just even, in, like, a, the front of the bus in, in a chill way. Like, they're seated there. Like, they're getting off the next stop. And, like, the Playboy <laughs> Mansion to the Hollywood Bowl is, like, you know, it's, like, a half an hour plus drive, especially if you're hitting bowl traffic. Like, forget it. They acted, though,
0: as if they were... They were, like, going to Anaheim or something. On the way back, they're, they all, like, changed into the into their pajamas. And I'm like, you guys, you can you can hold off. Like, the time it takes for you to change into your pajamas, you're already almost home.
1: Well, okay, so I do wonder if, like, VIP... I, there's no, like, VIP exit for the bowl, I don't think. Like, if the vans, if they want to leave early, mm. they do have to sit through bowl traffic. Okay.
0: Well... I'm glad I'm glad you're in the know on that one because I don't know I don't know the VIP bus bus rules at the ball.
1: Well, like bowl traffic in general is bad, but like when you think about where the VIP parking is, it's like where are they getting through? Like, are they driving through the forest to get yeah. to like a main? There's no like escape route. So I think they wanted to leave like as things. It seems like they got there late too, if I'm being honest.
0: Yeah, I imagine it's a situation where. They get there late, so then things start right away, and people aren't like talking to them.
1: And they were doing press backstage. So, like the Playboy Annual Jazz Festival was like a thing at the Hollywood Bowl, where I guess Hugh Hefner just hosted a jazz festival, and it would be like I don't know, just like jazz. It was literally just jazz.
0: It was just jazz. Well, they do say they show him doing the um, the press, and he's like. The movies and the music that fueled my dreams. Like, his same whole old, like, fucking soundbite about, like, the movies and music and and him just being wistful.
1: Yeah. Sounds
0: yeah, fun. Jamie
1: Foxx was there.
0: Jamie Foxx. I bet he was performing or
1: something. Oh, was this around when no, he was? No, he wasn't that famous yet. When did he do Ray? He was in Ray in 2004. Oh, I guess. So, yeah. he... I'll bet he was there, he was performing. That's my guess. Oh, okay. And that maybe, you- yeah. I mean, they didn't show any of the music, they just showed like <laughs> yeah. people playing instruments with like bad e canned music over it <laughs> oh did you clock this well i
0: i mean i feel like i should discuss this even though it's disgusting when destiny um talks heft's ear off about um kendra sucking all the cheese off the cheetos
1: kendra took all these and sucked the cheese off of them and made a pile and i wasn't paying attention and i was like oh kind of soggy that was another grandchild moment where I was like, "Sweetie, you cannot possibly think that this man is going to think that this is an in- like." That's when you know someone's like small town when they mm-hmm. think that's like a story. That's actually also what I think um, Jeffrey Epstein was like probably conversationally. No. Okay, I'm gonna
0: I'm gonna have to hear more about that because of, go on expound upon that point,
1: please. Oh, I've just heard he was, like, very, like, basic in conversation. And it's, like, this is a person who... Yeah, like, he was just very, like... It was sort of, like, he was always, like, missing, like, what the interesting part of any story or situation was.
0: And, like, his
1: talk was very small. And, like, his jokes were very, like, immature and sort of, like, tone deaf. But, like, in a way that, like you know it's passable like this guy could do yeah. well in like sales if he was like also a closer you know what i mean but it, apparently like jeffrey epstein was just sort of like here's a the fucking least interesting story ever and people would be like stumped when they met him
0: wow destiny and epstein two peas in a pod mm-hmm. that's really int- well it's funny that you mentioned him because um which just made me think of this. I asked on my Instagram the other day, who thinks Mary was, does anyone think Mary was in love with Hef? Because it was a question I, I posed in a previous podcast. And someone replied, did Ghislaine love Jeffrey or did she just work for oh, him? Oh, those
1: are like completely different. Like, <laughs> I think that's completely different. I, um, it hit me
0: like a ton of bricks. I thought it was like, I never would have gotten there, but I was like, huh?
1: Interesting. No, like I really feel like Mary mostly paid bills. Uh, and maybe, you know, she was drawn to the lifestyle when she was younger, but I feel like you wouldn't have to spend a lot of time around Hugh Hefner to, probably not be attracted to him, especially when you're doing all of his like admin.
0: Well, she also did a lot of she was the one who procured a lot of his women. So I think maybe like that is part of what someone oh, might say is like okay. the, the parallel. Um that was like a big part of her job. Was calling women, procuring women, obviously not to the same degree as Jeffrey Epstein, but I, I don't think um, I don't think Mary has the same evil in her as Ghislaine
1: Maxwell. Oh, I didn't really first. Okay, I now that sounds familiar. What was it? What was the source on that? Like, was that from Holly's book? Um, it's pretty much. I would say the source I've I've seen multiple sources.
0: I mean, Holly kind of talks about it, but of course, like. You know, Holly and Mary were really close, so I don't think she goes too far into it. But the other woman who was living with Holly right before Kendra, Isabella Saint Isabella St. James, she kind of alludes to it. But if you go back into articles from the 70s, 80s, there's all different mentions of throughout the years. Mary has always been a person who like Calls babes for him and
1: Right. She's like a liaison and like yes. she's safe because like you get a call from this like nice lady. Yeah. She's a facilitator. Facilitator right. of 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 pussy. I wonder what her motivation was. At the end of the day,
0: my question of was she in love with Hef it my question is, what was the motivation? That's the bigger question.
1: Because like I don't think that she was making that much i mean like i'm sure she made a very comfortable living but i don't think mary had stacks no and you see in a
0: a later girls next door episode they go to her house and she lives like in a little bungalow like like one story teeny little bungalow you know hef wasn't setting her up by any means i Does don't see a blackmail on her honestly i wonder I, I, well, okay. My best guess is that she was just part of the Playboy cult. Is really got it because there. That's then another thing that I've just read so many times is people saying, uh, particular not just girlfriends, but people who work there, being like. It's like the Hotel California. Like you just you get there and you think you think you're gonna check out sometime and you never do. Like in the um in the girls next door show book that comes out in like the fifth season, they talk to Brian and he's like, Yeah, you know, I never intended to stay here. It was supposed to be like a, a different gig while I was like making it in Hollywood and I just stayed forever. And that's what happens to a lot of people. That's what There's
1: I've There's probably heard. so many perks yeah. that you can't turn away. And I think probably, yeah, you're right. There is maybe a cult-like element to it. Um, but I don't know. This
0: is another, this other moment with Brian is another, like, um, let's pretend to be aspirational, where... Kendra is looking around and everybody has these beach volleyballs that they're popping around and she turns to Brian and she's like, I want a beach ball, I want a beach ball. And he runs into the crowd and starts offering Playboy water for beach balls and then looks at the camera. Any request they want, they get.
1: There's so much. There's so much. Like, first of all, this is like the 69th annual Playboy Jazz Festival. Like, you would think they would know by now when they're packing the car with 53 bottles of Cristal. Like, as if six people on a bus could ever drink that. Maybe throw in a couple beach balls. It does seem essential to the Playboy experience. Like, later on, Kendra doesn't even believe what she's seen because she's like, oh, these are from here. Right? Yeah. So... They're a beach ball family. You should have beach balls. This is obviously dumb. But what I love is like his payment is branded water.
0: That was the strangest. I mean, I guess you don't necessarily want to be paying for water at the Hollywood Bowl. But don't tell me it's Playboy
1: branded. I don't care. No, but it's very, like, of the time... Ta- like, Dash water was a little bit late, but, like, mad girls would go out and spend eight... Maybe it was worth something also at the merch. Oh, thing. yeah. Maybe, it like, a Playboy water was, like, $15 so you could have the commemorative bottle. This is pre-recession. People were crazy. People were crazy. They were buying all...
0: I mean, there were there were people creating um, volcano water. You know, you had black water and... People would go and get it. Diamond water. Diamond water. But also
1: like Donald Trump water. Like they all... I'm surprised Bethany. Bethany probably does do like an essence water. I think she has a sparkling... A sort of sparkling water situation.
0: Um, Yeah, I mean she's not leaving leaving herself out of the water game. (laughs) I hope not. I will say though I don't understand why they didn't have playboy branded uh balls
1: for for this event oh I mean, 100% that's a fucking amazing point actually i mean come on that seems to me like 101 they know that they do this every year it also seems like the one thing they could do Do you know, like, this isn't like the Grateful Dead is coming out and like a whole fucking crew is setting up. And like, this is people. This is the Playboy Jazz Fest. Like, for the sake of being fun, just toss out some free Playboy Bunny beach balls. That would be amazing for pictures. It would have been great for the show. It would have been great. I don't know. The water just isn't enough.
0: Who wants the water? And they just brought that from home. Like I doubt that was even at the concession stand. That was just something they brought from home. Because when you went to the mansion, if you got a bottle of water, it had a a Playboy bunny sticker. I'm sure it was just like a Dasani with a Playboy bunny sticker. Slapped it's like on the it.
1: same. It's like the it's like a little wrap around. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, it's a little Nestle butter sort of with a wrap around.
0: Mm-hmm. Um. So they're, they get back into the bus. Kendra starts breaking out some of her old moves from her stripper days. Hef has two different lines of, no more champagne back there. What are they smoking?
1: And he also said, cut her off. But it was the one thing that they didn't have as a subtitle. I noticed that because I kept replaying. He's like, cut it off. Like, cut her off or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And I was like... Okay, so, like, yes, more confirmation that these guys are, like, sort of monitoring their substance intake, but, and that half controls it, but, like, why were there glow sticks handed out at Playboy Jazz Festival? Again, what <laughs> the fuck, Playboy? Why are you so janky? Like, you have everything that could ever exist in the world is merchandise under your name. Like, yeah, what? I'm You're sorry, why didn't they have... not short on cash. They could have had glow stick bunny ears. Now we're fucking talking. But I'm saying, like, dude, that everyone who should have gone should have gotten a goodie bag with, like, fucking... Because yes. you are paying for a magazine's jazz festival. <laughs> because you want to gawk at, like, you know what I mean? The least yes. they could do is continue the brand loyalty, and that would have looked sick on camera. God, it
0: really would have. I mean... Rest in peace, Hef, but it, I guess it's a little too late to get us on board as their marketing girls.
1: Also, R.I.P. Ariana Grande. Like, that would have, um, oh. if those bunny ears were, no one would have forgotten them and she wouldn't have been able to make space for that in her career.
0: Wow. That's like a sliding doors moment, if I ever it's, heard it's of a one. sliding
1: doors. <laughs> if we had been on the marketing team for the jazz festival, forget Oof. it. Ooh, Game over, bitches ariana doesn't even have a career at that point
0: no she's done she's she's done and by
1: the way and with joan on her side too which like by the way anything if i could do anything in life as much as i love my mom i would have joan grande be my mom i mean she's rich she's ruthless she's like kind of goth like I, i i love her um sorry to derail to like do one of like my little like pop star just like absolute emotional blackouts um anyway so yeah the on the bus she has these glow sticks and they're like doing this I, I mean sh- she's definitely doing like her Kendra hip-hop persona yes yes which like thank god that they didn't I mean, I think they did kind of go hard with that for her branding, actually. But like in the very beginning, it was like Kendra's like the, you know, well, good one. Well, the funny thing is, is that
0: Kendra also complains that they kind of put that persona onto her, but she I mean, she really plays into it as much as possible.
1: I think they all had different categories. Like Kendra is the jock, sort of like loud mouth, cheerleader, peppy type. And then Bridget's your classic Midwestern girl. By the way, rest in peace, Bridget, because my girl, as I said to you via text earlier, she was put into a cupboard. She was put put into the cupboard that like Luann told Alex McCord to go back into. Like she was my girl, Bridget. she meticulously cut musical notes out of felt and they looked like shit. Absolutely. Like honestly, and she knew it though. Yeah. She wasn't happy yeah, with it. Yeah, she knew. It. She knew it. And she she shouldn't have ha- she shouldn't have been happy with it, but I liked the spirit of it cuz that's something I would do me and Normie, you know, like yeah. just a normal person, but she has so much access. She this episode seemed like she really um felt a
0: little um unhinged with all of the different crafts that she didn't have a full handle on like after they after they leave the hollywood bowl then we pop over to kendra's birthday and it's such a like it seems like bridget is so fucking mad that she didn't know what the theme of this birthday party was going to be until the day of and just from her looking at her her felt skirt her felt music note skirt and being like this isn't exactly what I had envisioned and then driving around town day of going to a party city like I think that is probably like the dregs of society for her to just like day of party city like a fucking well it is
1: weird can we like acknowledge that it's weird that these girls live this life where they have 52 bottles of Cristal on a bus to take a 20 minute drive across town. But like they've got Bridget and, and Holly at Oz. Yes. Like it's very interesting to me. And it, it, it's to me, they're probably like, Kendra will be happy if you just like throw a sheet cake out, dude. Yes. Like so, but like it's a nice gesture because these girls had nothing to do in this episode. It must have been finals week for Bridget or something. (laughs) I think also,
0: too, There's their day-to-day life at the mansion, there's nothing to do. And I think for them, and Bridget especially, to miss a birthday where they can sort of forget about their life and kind of just disassociate into the details of planning something – I think Bridget was genuinely like pissed off that she missed a birthday where she gets to kind of, um, even though it's someone else's birthday, I feel like she often gets to be the star because she's putting so much work into it and she wants the, um, the accolades of like, oh my God, Bridget, you're so good at this.
1: Completely. You are so right. She's a Pinterest mom. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Right, like, it's like someone made your birthday cake and the whole party is, like, people being like, oh, my God, the cake. Like, and but like, I would never care about that. But, like, you're so right, especially in the context of the show, it gives her something to do. I mean, she really does have second-grade teacher energy that's, mm. like, not reaching its potential. hmm mm-hmm. It always surprised me, even, that Bridget... W- was into the playboy lifestyle. I think mean, you say the playboy lifestyle. <laughs> that always took me by surprise about her.
0: Yeah, the th- and I completely agree she feels like you said, second grade teacher energy and also feels so non-sexual in a lot right. of ways, but I in my other research, I feel like there is another side of Bridget that we
1: really never saw She was too smart to not To show it on camera I mean yeah. wasn't it rumored that Bridget was married To some guy in Chicago She was married
0: not in Chicago So her um, She was she got married In like 1997 To this guy Chad And Marquart is not her Her maiden name it was his name um, Chad Marquart. Got it She married him Then he was like – or she was like, uh, I want to go to LA. I want to see if I can do it. And he was like, okay, we'll give you a year. He kind of like foot the bill a little bit. Um, And then she was going to move back if nothing happened. And then she figured this all out and they didn't divorce until 2008.
1: That's literally exactly what happened to my friend was that she married young – and was like in a relationship where she was like, Well, he's not gonna make something happen. And she was like actually like very religious even, but she was like, This is gonna get me out. And like it happened right away. Like they moved to LA and she yeah. Like I think like they stayed married for a very long time, despite people did they probably not. Did they eventually divorce? Yeah.
0: Wow, so they just kind yeah. of like stayed together, and it was kind of like in an in an ambiguous <coughs> state of. Uh, it's togetherness. like any other
1: job. It's like any other job where someone is going out to be a star. First of all, we're talking two thousand four like era mentality, so probably even before that, where you have a female earner. Mm -hmm. both of these situations are women who are trying to change drastically their life situation. Yeah. The partner has an easy out to not work very hard. And also I think a lot of times the wives would, I mean, I'm not, I don't even know if I, my friend never said this, this is me. This is me making an assumption. If it was me, I would probably already feel like I was doing something wrong and so asking him to, like, work crazy hard when I was the one who was, like, being naked in magazines. Yeah. Like, I, pr- I could see how that would be an easy, like, pattern to fall into. And I wouldn't be surprised if that's not uncommon. Because there's a lot of places where, like, really young, beautiful women uh, get married very young and need to make something happen for themselves. Not everyone has, like, the, it used to be that you didn't have the access. But we're seeing it now with OnlyFans. Like these, you know, beautiful 18-year-old girls signing up for OnlyFans, like not knowing the consequences. But in their in their mind, and possibly even in reality, it might get them out of their situation.
0: Bridget, I think, you know, she always wanted to be in Playboy, but when she originally started coming around the mansion, she had According to Isabella St. James, she was coming around with this guy who was Jenny McCarthy's manager when she got singled out. And apparently, like, he, like, really got her the job because they didn't want to um, audition a Playboy bunny. And he, like, fought for her and she gets the job. And he also was Pam Anderson's manager for a time. So he was kind of like a blonde star maker. So she started off with him and I think she was going to try and do it, you know, through the front door of, you know, I'm a star and I want to be a personality. But then he wasn't interested in her. And then it came over to half.
1: This is the thing, right? Is that, like, you... If you're Hef's girlfriend, up until this, and probably it was only because of the success of the show that he even allowed this, Hef's girlfriends were never allowed to be centerfolds. Yeah,
0: once, like, Holly got there, that's when it kind of... um, That's when he stopped doing it.
1: Yeah. But, like, I just... I don't know. It feels like that guy like kind of like pawned Bridget off or like maybe she was smart enough to see the opportunity. I don't know. I think she knew like, it just wasn't going to happen with this guy that she wasn't,
0: she married him, but it was kind of like a stepping stone. Um,
1: maybe to get out of No, her- I I meant like the manager. guy. Oh, right. Yeah. Like, I feel like the manager guy, like that's not a manager's job. like they didn't even get paid to be girlfriends. You don't get ten percent for that. like his apparently though his his deal was it seemed and this was like a
0: good looking guy and everything it wasn't like um like some old man like hef, but he you know, he was dating Jenny, and so I think the understanding was was like he'll represent his girlfriends if you can get in with him he'll represent you. Like if he thinks you're you're a star, he'll he'll be your your boyfriend and your manager. Got it. Got it. That was like the kind of expectation. He also seemed like like he he repped her and Pam and also like Vanna White for a time. But like he was not like legit. Like he was not, you know, working.
1: No, that's like a guy that knows how to like find a naive girl of a certain brand and bring them to like the right lions yes yes
0: because he also I mean it's not as if he like made Vanna White a star or made Pam Anderson a star like he just kind of like hopped on the train at the right time
1: yeah they're just like malleable down for whatever like yeah no if I had like if I, I think if I had been born with a different body, I could absolutely have been swindled into this whole thing. <laughs> you could have easily sold me to, yeah. Oh my, totally. God.
0: If I was five inches taller and just a, just a natural body, like watching, I did think um, when I was watching Kendra and she's in her birthday outfit in this episode, and she's like in these little shorts and this little top, and I was like. God, what I wouldn't give to be eighteen again! And then I was like, "Dara, you didn't look like that at eighteen. You very far from it. That is just like a natural bod that I was never I know, blessed." It's not with. like,
1: but I know, but it is sad though because like when you look at pictures like that, you're like, "I'm not I'm not like too crazy, you know what I mean?" Yeah, like it wasn't without like a window of possibility, but like I also like know that like you could. You could spend like two weeks like giving me a full Hollywood makeover and I still like wouldn't look like as I wouldn't even look like like Anne Hathaway. (laughs) You could literally put like a team of 10 scientists together and I just wouldn't like I, I don't know like some people I don't know like there's just a look. It's a look that like some you it's a very specific look he's looking for. That's the way to put it. It's not a comparison thing. It's like, you're just not just, supposed to be like that. It's just like, um, you know, it's just a mold. And also, it's one of those things, too,
0: where, yeah, they're models, but they're also, you know, anyone who is on America's Next Top Model, I would say most of them could not um transition over into being like someone that Hef would be interested in. <laughs> Like it's a right. very specific mold and everyone's, you know, uh, so many people are beautiful and they don't fit it. But, you know, sometimes I wish I i, I had those uh, Kendra thighs. My God.
1: And you can see even like beautiful young Kendra like retrofitting herself to his image to the point where it's like. You know, like, her hair is completely fried. Oh, my and God. And I was looking at, like, I was just thinking about, like, oh, my God, when I was her age, I would, like, completely fry my hair like that, too. Like, I just thought, like, oh, whatever, it'll grow forever. But she is already a natural blonde. And when I was looking at her roots, I'm like, I just know they go in there with a Q-tip, Gwen Stefani style. Oh, my and God. touch that shit up.
0: Oh, God. Well, and the problem is, too, is god bless her but she's not exactly someone who presents herself as someone who would like know how to use a serum no you know she they're definitely frying that hair within an inch of its life but she's also not doing it any favors by taking care of it like i wonder no
1: yeah it's like she wasn't raised with like even the um like do you know like how much money it costs To, like, start over, like, to come straight out of San Diego, out of a strip club, off of a meth addiction. Do you, like, and have, you know, he took care of them, but, like, the uh, beauty treatments compared to what you would need today is just, like, it's... They didn't have money like that. Like, these girls really did their makeup in their bedroom. It seems like it's something that they very rarely spent any money on. Because in the
0: episode where they're shooting the house bunny, right before their scene, Bridget and Holly are doing their own makeup. Like, they're right. Beyonce or something. And, like, they're very... It's like, no. Like, you could have these on-set people who are doing Anna Ferris's makeup do your makeup.
1: Right. Well, I mean, honestly, it might have been, like... Maybe, I mean, maybe it might've been a thing where it's, I don't know, you're right. They should have just had that. And maybe they did do like the base. I don't know what, I haven't seen the scene in so long, but like, it's just unreal. God. And
0: Kendra, like Kendra never has makeup on for the most part. I feel like she only has makeup on when someone's doing it for her, except for like the classic, just like a black crayon across her lid.
1: No, she's so cute. Like, do you know, like when your like 12 year old cousin, like gets like a little palette for the first time and they come out and it's like they literally have fingered applied like blue eyeshadow to their lids. And it's like they have a lip color that's not going with the hair, the skin tone. But like (laughs) they're very like, you know, they're trying to play it off. Like, that's what it feels like when I see Kendra with her makeup. I'm like, oh, she's just as like she's. This was just not her concern, and I don't think when you see her family, they seem like a very casual family. I don't think it was like Kendra was sat down in a mirror and taught this.
0: Oh, no. I mean, by the time it was time for her to learn how to put makeup on, like when she was 13, she was doing coke. Like, There was no time to be sat down for, for a makeup lesson. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, and I would say, like, the drug-heavy crowd at school was, like, traditionally not known. For there their was always that skills. one girl. No, but they, you knew. That's how you knew. Yeah. It's because you were like, oh, shit. <laughs> girl, okay. <laughs> we're doing a raccoon eye uh, at age 16 at 8 a.m. All right. I get it. I get the oh, vibe. <laughs> oh, my God. That is so... <laughs> Yeah, you
0: really could just tell, like, okay, that's a little too much. Or I know what you're you're up to.
1: Yeah, oh, like a mauve lip and, like, an, a yes. clearly, like, sink-done bleach job. Yeah, I get it. Kim, like, fucking Kim Mathers. Like, I get it.
0: So, they, we finally get to the birthday party.
1: Wait, I, did we do this scene where they went to the party planning store when they went to Oz? No, we didn't. We did not. So like Oz is it's A-H-H-H-S. okay, and it is basically like a refined Spencer's like you'd actually find some like like, okay, maybe take like the Tart. If Spencer's is the women's section at Target, (laughs) I would say that like Oz is Urban Outfitters where it's like slightly more curated. You're going to find some like sort of like goofy stuff in there. But yes, all the basics are there as well um and it was at that time because it held up such a really valuable piece of real estate on sunset a very like kind of like tourists went there yeah
0: i i remember uh the like first time i came to la my cousin who lived here took me there and i was like yeah like what is this place but okay
1: and it's perfect. It's exactly what they would buy each other and it's exactly where they would go. This is a very like a uh, Bath and Body Works friendly crowd, I would say. Like these <laughs> girls, like you could give any of them like a cucumber melon gift basket and they'd freak.
0: Yes, without a doubt. Oh, my God. Now, I think Holly's more of a love spell. Um. Mm-hmm. But Bridget, I, I'd say I'd say a full cucumber melon all the way.
1: Totally. But, like, also, like, that's one thing that I really liked about this show. And now I sort of, like, look back and I wonder about the messaging. Yeah. They were very clear to not portray these women as gold diggers. Like, these women were grateful for everything they got. Of course, we're going to see the most extreme example of that in this episode. Yes. But, like, these women were thankful for everything they got, every little handwritten note, every little, like, framed photo... It was like, it just, the money never affected them. It seemed like they were very down-to-earth girls, and it was almost like that was more important to portray than almost anything about them. Well, that they were very simple. And in the first, the very first episode of the series, they talk about that. Like, oh,
0: people think we're gold diggers, but we're not. And yeah, it, the whole thing, because I think it was just really important to Hef, because... He wanted it to be, these girls are here for me. It's right. not the money. I'm, I'm affording them this beautiful lifestyle, but they're not even here for that. They're here for this wonderful man. But it's, it's also funny, though, too, because only these sort of like salt of the earth young women could live there and live this way because honestly they're not getting enough for what they're doing.
1: No I mean like when I saw Kendra and uh Destiny come back from the concert and like the first thing they run into in the hallway is dog shit. Yeah. One that was like obviously placed there by production just because it was like the rooms are closed with the dogs in them I think. Yeah. But um that's why the house smells. It's not because like There's dog shit. It's because Kendra's cleaning it up. It's because, like, she's literally just dropping it into a trash can, like, with and maybe gonna bring it, but she's not scrubbing the rug. No. Like, that's why the house smells.
0: I have a theory that, like, rich people don't house train their dogs because I'm just thinking of, like, a Ramona singer, um, like, people with big houses or apartments and just like rich people who couldn't be bothered. It just seems like there's, you always hear about like, Oh, there's dog shit everywhere. The dog's always pooping. It's just one thing I, and it's not just Kendra, like apparently like every dog that ever came through the mansion was just like, it seemed like they were never let out.
1: Well, I think in a situation like the mansion, it is the girls are expected to keep the animals like somewhat confined and it's also like as as like weird as it is to say, I feel like it's probably like a lot of work to like get the dogs in and out oh, of the yeah. mansion compared to like if you just have to throw open the back door and let the dogs out, you right. know? Yeah. Um, but no, I think like also this was a like a a really um this was a, a big time in sort of casual pet ownership, yeah, where people were just like it, they wanted their tinkerbell they wanted their bruiser
0: you know yeah. and I
1: and I don't think they paid a part you know too much attention to the part where like Elwood's Woods was a good dog mom <laughs> you know um but no I mean I think with like celebrities honestly it's probably that they mostly just don't have a very strong bond with their animal or if they do it's not like in terms of training yeah. you know that's interesting because that is that's the part that's like really hard and like I had wags who was like a chihuahua so like he basically I talked to him like he was a person um but like with like a like Kendall Jenner with her big dogs like if you're gonna if you're not gonna be an active dog owner the least you can do is not get a dog that takes like larger than human size dumps everywhere <laughs> yeah I
0: will say i'm I'm shocked that there weren't more cats at the Playboy Mansion. There was just Bridgets, but I'm surprised that that place wasn't just like cats crawling over all the fixtures and just like you'd open a door and like a random cat skull would be there from like a cat a a girlfriend left from like three years before.
1: I wonder if they were a liability to the zoo.
0: Oh, oh, my God. Speaking of the zoo, did you catch the moment when it was right? It was during yes. Kendra's party. Oh, my God. And it's just like you really saw like where Kendra came from. She's with her grandmother and with her mom. And Kendra, go, Kendra goes,
1: let's go on a tour. I heard you said that there's ostriches here. I did. There's one yeah. down there. They're not ostriches. They're
0: called Where's flamingos. The And it
1: is a peacock. It is for sure a peacock. Like the famous peacocks. But (laughs) this is also like comedy editing because I think there are flamingos there too. When I went through the zoo, I feel like there was more animals than any of us knew about. And I would not be surprised if they didn't show all the animals on TV. Well, what
0: I thought was funny about that whole exchange, the fact that like kendra didn't know what animals were there like i realized like oh yeah kendra is probably someone who like never goes down to the zoo with with holly and bridget when they're going to go like feed the animals
1: no that's well that's like the thing is like this whole episode had to be a kendra episode and she had to bring in another friend because what do they have in common nothing they probably, like, suffer through each other on movie nights. Holly was probably so grated by that laugh. Oh, I feel like I have yeah. a lot in common with, like, like Holly personality-wise. And, like, I would have been so grated by that laugh. But I also, like, can't stand what I view as idiocy. And I had a yeah. lot... M- I had so much less patience for that when I was younger. I don't know how she did it. She's a strong woman. She sees what she wants and she's gonna she's gonna
0: get it because she's gonna be the last one standing until she doesn't want it anymore and then she i mean then she just cut and run she then
1: the show's over Then the show's over oh
0: yeah so her family gets there we see the party and it's not much going on what i found just so interesting is it's just like the most basic party it's probably something that like bridget and holly like bitched about for a week straight that they mentioned that Kendra couldn't decide on a party theme so this happened day of basically like right. half decided for them but it's just like such a simple party and Kendra just starts getting so emotional over it
1: yeah like once she sends her parents off I loved this is a Kendra moment I loved is like when she's walking her family out she like takes everyone's bags and puts them over both of her arms you know yes. and like she's like no I've got it And, like, she just, you can tell, like, that's the part of her. These girls all have the same reason that they're there. They're just from very different backgrounds. Yeah. And, like, Kendra's, that's the Kendra part of it, where she's, like, you know, she doesn't know the animals there, but she's going to throw every bag so that her grandmother doesn't have it, like, onto her elbow. Like, it just was, like, very... I don't know. It felt very Kendra. And then when she got back inside, yeah, she, like, broke down. And I guess, like, the the guys did a thing for her, too, where they took all the beach balls from... Like, the beach ball story arc was wild, but they took all the beach balls and they taped them to her door. Well, and so that was, that, like, that was the night
0: before, I mean, I guess, as we're... Yeah, the night before-ish when they're at the Hollywood Bowl, but... That actually, that moment where she starts crying, but starts crying in a way where it feels like she's, mm-hmm. something's going on. I did wonder, like, what was that a moment of her being on Molly and getting overly emotional at something that, like, doesn't really make sense?
1: Actually, you know what? That's possible. You know, I don't know why I abandoned my original, they're definitely on drugs theory, <laughs> Because, like, everything about their behavior implies that they are. Yes. Even, like, knowing Kendra, it seems like she's extra loopy in this one. And I'm sure, like, the pressure of filming is a lot for her, too. Yeah. um But, yeah, you're right. Probably now, yeah. At the t- Like, you could also interpret it as, like, this is a very, like, small familial gesture that feels super personal and is, like letting her know how far out of their way they went for her.
0: The other time she gets emotional after the party, two things. So she says, like, while well, the party's still going, to Hef. having a nice birthday? Yes. I think it's the best birthday I've ever had in my entire life. The smartest, most intelligent girls doing this for me. It's crazy. Maybe, like, Kendra did
1: kind of look up to them, at least for a time. Oh, yes, I think she was very intimidated by them. And I think Kendra probably felt stupid a lot. Yeah. And, like, the only way she could explain to herself, because she's young, so she doesn't realize how, like, overeager her personality is. And that some Mm -hmm. people, just like Holly, who slept through the volleyball game, like, some people just don't have the energy for all that. Yeah. And Kendra, who was just partying like that the night before, is, like, up early to, like, start her birthday day. And um, did you notice she was wearing a Philadelphia Eagles pajama set with a garter? Yes.
0: Well, I was actually wondering, was it a garter or did it come with a matching scrunchie and she put it on her leg?
1: Oh, that's a that's interesting. But I think that I was one it of her pr- bridal to me. I guess you're right. I think was that one of her presents, though? All of her presents were like Scarface merch. Yes. Like Philadelphia Eagles stuff, like whatever the San Diego baseball team was like she was her gifts were the gifts that like I would get. At my 19th birthday. Exactly. Not someone who's living at the Playboy Mansion. I
0: think everyone was also really annoyed with her as she was opening up her presents. Well, that's how they cut it for sure. Yeah, that is how they cut it. I think they were really doing Kendra dirty in this episode of just making her look like the most annoying person possible. And I think she probably is, but...
1: I think they really made it look worse than it was. I've like, I hear that Kendra is like essentially a really sweet girl and very harmless. Mm-hmm. And so I think that like, that's sort of how I, because do you remember like the bunny house? What was that girl, Jade, that dated uh, Brody Jenner? Jade, yes. Terrifying individual. Like there were girls like that in the mix. And I think that that's what cleaning house was for Holly. Like I think settling for Kendra was the it was the best thing to do. Yeah. We have like Holly, the vixen like slash wifey. We have like the, you know, homemaker, sweet Midwestern girl Bridget. And then we have fucking Kendra, dude. Yeah. In in a league of her own. Truly. It's a goose that laid the golden egg. We've Lucy goosey gone through most of the episode. Are there any other thoughts? Not really anything in particular. It's just, like, so um, crazy to be, like, significantly older than they were. Yeah. Because um, they were older than me, I think, when the show started. Uh, and so, and I looked at them like adults. You know what I mean? so, to be significantly older than they were in this show, it just, it does feel like really glamorized indentured servitude (laughs) this was really fun thank you for having me this was so fun um can
0: you tell everyone where they can find you
1: yes um you can find my podcast that dara was on mother may i sleep podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts um you can also find my network Solid Listen at solidlisten.com. Um, Troy McGeady is on our network. Um, Liz Bentley, a lot of people you may know. We have a lot of great shows, and um, we're going to be introducing some exciting new shows in the future for people you may or may not know. So check Ooh. that out as well. Ooh, voila. Well, thank
0: you, Molly. This was so fun. You know, let's do this again soon. All right.
1: Bye.